G'day, and welcome back to another episode of the Wing It Podcast. Welcome back. I'm back. I'm glad to be back. Uh, the ratings were down last week, so I had to come through. Rumoured. Being the hero I am, and um, absolutely saved the podcast, but not that's what I'm here for. Anyway, Cam, how have you been, all right? I've been great, mate. Uh, Monday episode, probably our first ever Monday episode, I could say, yeah. uh, which is good. Straight out, fresh off the hatch, so I would say of the week. Boring week of football. Very, very boring. So we're going to try and make this episode as uh, lively as possible for a shitty week of football. Yeah. But if it weren't for Sunday, this week of footy would have been like the most predictable, boring week you've all, ever seen. All the big dogs played, all the small dogs pretty much, and it was just a bit shit. Yeah, wasn't it for both for everyone? So the team is a ten and zero. Nothing's new. We're pretty much three games ahead of anyone else. Yep, this is true. Who's, who's going to beat us? I don't. I don't see when we can. Well, we'll, we'll speak we'll about that maybe that, in the end of the episode. Yeah. Who knows? But let's talk about the Friday night game. Probably the biggest game of the week and the biggest win of the week, I'd say. And that's Carlton defeating Sydney. Sydney had to win. Yeah. Sydney are they're on a nice edge, as we'll speak we'll speak about soon. But they had to win that game, and they didn't. Carlton, I said a couple of weeks back they wouldn't make finals, as I expected them to lose to GWS and to Sydney. They won them both. Yeah. They're the real deal. No, they are. And honestly, I think this season at Marvel Stadium, they've shown their prowess. Uh, even the last few seasons as well, uh, they've put up some huge scores there. I'd, I'd say that they'd average 90-plus um, points at, um, at Marvel Stadium at the moment. So just absolutely dominating there and really becoming one of the most unbeatable teams at a home ground because there's no such thing as home ground advantage these days. No. You've got Sydney at the SCG constantly losing. They've I think they've won uh, or they've lost nine of their last uh, 21 games at the SCG Jeez, Sydney. I didn't know that. That's, that's uh, yeah. horrible. So nearly 50% of their games they lose at home and then you look at out west, no um, no western teams can get a win at Optus Stadium no. at the moment. Um, and yeah, there's no other real home ground advantage. So it's pretty unbelievable that they're able to do what they're doing right now. Mm. And I'm going to call it here. No one is going to beat Carlton at Marvel Stadium for the rest of the year. It's their deck and they it play is. it better yeah. than anyone. It's a really, really quick deck. Yeah. Uh, it really favours them. And you see a, a team like Sydney, how they're going to get exposed when they like to play slower. They've got a smaller ground that they're used to. Um, you can see how it can really like, open them up and, and yeah. just you can cut through them quite easily. So And now that the roof stays on nine times out of ten now. That, oh, every when time. It, when, it first, when, it, when Eddie had first, well, Tulsa Dome, first had that roof put on, they wanted to be open as much as possible. Yep. Nowadays, they just want it shut. Yeah, exactly. So, like the Demons game midday on a nice sunny uh, day in Melbourne had it shut. So. Crazy. So it favours those teams. Favours a few teams, they're not favour a lot, but I think Cohen, you're right. Their best is good enough, and when they've got a home ground advantage like that, and even their advantage at the G is pretty decent too. Yeah. They play decent football at the G when they have to. So their best is good enough. They're pretty well locked into a top four spot now, I would say. Yep. And one team that uh, Marvel doesn't favour is the Demons. This is true. We have a horrendous record there. That was our first ever win against North at Marvel Stadium. Or Telstra or Eddie Hatter or anything. Ever? Eight, no. They are against wow. us there. So Yuck. our first ever win, which was pretty exciting, um, which had me pretty nervous when I saw that start before the game. So you've only played North Melbourne eight times and Telstra Dome's been around our whole entire lives pretty much. Yep. Strange. strange. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. A bit weird. Very strange. Well, let's talk about another team that uh, also has a very good advantage at Marvel, and that's the Saints. They've got another big win over the Crom. Look, usually going to Adelaide and being the Crom, that's not, you don't sell stocks. No. But they were outplayed that game. Yep. Crows were a better side. Crows had that game won three times. And somehow Saints dug deep. And they didn't just win by the skid of their teeth. They actually put on a 25-point win in the end. They dug deep in that last quarter and found a way. And that way was through their big man yet again. And that's King. Maxi King, yeah. Well, when it rains, it pours for the Saints. It yep. seems that way. Uh, and without Jack Steele, they went out and had a yep. really gutsy performance. Um, especially in the second half of that game. 
But it's been the story of their season. They've lost every game. game. Every game. At some point, they have looked like they were just going to go on to lose the game. Oh, 100%. Whether it was the Richmond game, which they ended up coming back in the fourth quarter, or the Frio game, yep. which they came back in the fourth quarter as well, uh, with Matt Skin kicking four in that last term. Uh, or this game. So they had it lost. They looked like they were absolutely nowhere near it. And pretty much when they were even up uh, four or five points near the end, it looked like they were just trying to fend Adelaide off from scoring yep. more so, so than actually winning their own peel and going out there and scoring uh, their own goal. Yes. Uh, it looked like it was just sort of desperate efforts to keep them out. So pretty un- unbelievable effort in the end from the Saints. Uh, Paddy Ryder was huge as well. Uh, had a great performance, even if it doesn't show on the stat sheet. Always uh, does. And yeah. as we said before, Max King was unbelievable. Number uh, of the beast. Six yeah. kicks, six goals, six marks. What a performance. Very efficient. So only seven touches in the end. Uh, as you said, six, six kicks, six goals. So pretty rare for Max King, to be honest. Very rare. Uh, six goals straight. You don't see it too often. It's but been his Achilles heel. That's one yep. thing. If he can get that sorted, he can, he's going to be probably the best forward in the league for a very long time if well, he can get that sorted. Even right now, is he the most impactful player in the game? Yeah, I think kick for kick yep. is a definitely a great point, but it's whether that impact is going to be on the scoreboard with six points or it's going to be behinds constantly. Yep. So that's the only issue with him and St. Kilda uh, at the moment as, a whole, as well. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and there's actually a lot of teams really struggling with, with their kicking at the moment, including Geelong. Uh, Geelong have actually kicked the most... Um, behinds this year out of anyone. But they showed that on the weekend against Port, starting yeah. the game 0 for 5. You wouldn't really expect it from uh, the sort of star-studded cast they do no, forward. exactly right. Uh, but no, yeah, it's, it's been a real problem for a lot of teams, and St Kilda especially. So, Let's get into our players of the week as a yeah. break-it-up mid-episode. Go straight into it. My player of the week is Max King. Yeah. I mean, we've just spoken about it, so I won't go on to talk about too much, but he turned the game on its head when it had to be done. Seven touches for six goals. It doesn't get much better than that. And being the crumb always is a good tick in Cam's book. So yeah. he's my player of the week. No, he's not. He's your player of the week. <laughs> he's yours. Oh, I was just going to play it off and go Kerno. Yeah, you should. If you can go, go on, you can do Kerno then. Yeah, so my player of the week uh, is Charlie Kerno. <laughs> so he was phenomenal, especially in the first half of the game yeah. against Sydney. Uh, I think he kicked four or five. I think he kicked five, but actually up until half Half time, I believe, yeah. Uh, and he was with a real difference. So. He's really shown this year that when he can get his body right and when he can stay fit and string games yeah. together, he's one of the most dynamic forwards in the in the competition. Well, this is probably the first time in Winget Podcast history and the first time in a long time where we have two key forwards as the players of the week. The key forwards are back. Yeah. They've been dead for the last few years, let's be real. Yeah. Like They've been just not spoken about in the prowess they should be. No. Now they are dominating nearly every single game. And they're really imposing themselves on and the game. As they should. Huge. Um, but... Like Charlie Kern on the weekend was just unbelievable. Yeah. He can score rain, shine, Doesn't anything. Matter. Like he's yeah. he is unbelievable on ground level uh, or above his head, especially above his head. Obviously, just with his athleticism uh, and just his knack around goal as well. Oh, 100 um, percent. Even without Harry McCall, I think that was a big question mark on him. Cause can he, had, he can he shoulder the load? Yeah, because yep. he hasn't been like a key sole key forward for years. No. Um, so without Harry McCall, he actually stood up. Uh, and was absolutely massive against that Sydney back on, which yet again has been exposed. Yep, 100%. All right, before we get on to uh, the GWS and the Hawks, we're going to take a quick break from our partner, Bet with Joel. Bounds, was out. Bet was out of bounds. All right, if you're having no luck on the punt, and trust me, we've been there. I mean, Doggo, tell me how Matt's multi went last season. One for 22, absolutely no good. That's stinking. Well, luckily this season, we are going to be betting with a bit of confidence, thanks to our partner, Bet with Joel. 
Yeah, Joel's been killing it on the NBA for us this season. The Greyhounds are much the same, and he tore through the bookies last AFL season. And his AFL package is by far his most successful, and we're going to be on it for sure. So if you're keen to jump on board, make sure you visit the link in our description and sign up for his AFL season-long package, and I promise you, you will not be disappointed. All right, welcome back. Now, let's get on to the next talking point from this week, and that's actually the GWS Giants, the most frustrating, underachieving team of all time. Yeah. Big win in terms of score. No one really Mm. actually cares because it was against West Coast, and that doesn't really prove too much. And West Coast ended up putting up their biggest score of the year by far. And their percentage went up after conceding 20-plus goals. Can you believe that? 56-point loss. And, and their, their percentage, percentage went goes up. up. Just shows 20 the goals. turmoil that they're in at the what moment. What a shambles. But let's talk about GWS. I mean, I think the record for, uh, for, for caretaker coaches slash first you know, coaching games, is it's, ob- it's obscene, isn't it? Yeah. They continue to win. So is there anything to read into? And I think there is a few things we can read into on this game. Yep. They've made a few personnel changes. Which I they? love, yeah. I-, I love how Mark McVay has really imposed himself on this team. And yeah. Not really. I don't think he's worried about gaining the the position as the coach long term or losing the position as coach or anything like that. He's just playing how he sees fit and how he sees the team would play best. And that's great. Um, yeah, it's, it's awesome. That's, that's exactly do. what you want. Yeah. It's, it's that risk. It's that playing with the sort of X factor that they all do have, but they haven't yeah. played with. They've been very safe, very safe with selection and things like that. Well, let's talk um, about the changes. So you've got Kelly looked to be more in the guts. Yeah. Cogs, one hundred percent guts. Love that. Himmelberg into defense, which you really like. Yeah, so it's pretty ballsy of a uh, of a caretaker coach to come in and put the full forward to full back. Um, so with a, with a team that doesn't really have many key forwards that you no, really can trust. Exactly right, and I was pretty impressed by that. And then he put um, Steen forward as well. Yep. Uh, he brought in a debutant. He he really had so many um, so many different huge changes that you wouldn't really see a first time coach making, but. It worked out really well. It did. Uh, I thought Himmelberg's um, field kicking was fantastic. He had 18 best, touches in the end. It's probably his best trait. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, and he is now around the ball, especially at ground level uh, for such a tall player. It's really uh, impressive. And we were talking about it the other week mm. with mid-size um, defenders. Yep. They just don't exist. And he yep. is that perfect mid-size defender. Yep. Great below his knees, great in the air, has that good bit of strength and can really speed. use the yep. ball. Uh, and also, I loved Perryman. Going into the middle, so huge game. Yeah, thirty touches was unbelievable. So he's such an impactful player. Yeah, he's, he's damaging about, touches. Yeah, we we're talking yeah. about Max King before how he can be so impactful per touch. Perriman is just that as well. Yes, like, I've, I've mentioned it a few times. You go back to uh, I think it was twenty eighteen when he was leading the Coleman Medal. That's right. After he, three rounds, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah and he spent five um, percent of his time in the forward fifty. I think every single goal was from outside fifty, whatever it was. Ridiculous. Like yeah. he's such an impactful player, and to get him in the guts and get getting just getting your best players on the ball. It's not rocket sense. science, is it? No. This team, like we've been saying it for a few years now, it still has enough talent to win games, win premierships. This talent yeah. is there. However, they are in a world of hurt. I think it's three wins on the year so far. Yep. Finals looks a, a dream at this point. There's no chance. But at this point, they've played seven of the year's top eight so far. So they've played the whole entire top eight pretty well. Yeah. Very, very, very... That's the hardest schedule draw. probably so of any team so far. Yeah. So we're thinking, okay, maybe. We just had a look. It doesn't really look it. But no. their season should be getting cruisier from here on out, shouldn't it? Yeah. But unfortunately, they're going to face the Bulldogs twice. Yeah. Brisbane twice. 
So they they and they face um, Port Adelaide Oval as well. So it's very very rough. I don't know who's worked out there. I don't know how that's happened. No, it's extremely unfair. Um, and honestly, I'd be I'd be surprised if they make it out of the bottom four for the rest of the season. Yeah, that's I think how hard the draw is. I think they'll probably finish yet fifth last. I reckon you're right. All right another team who was predicted to be uh, bottom four, bottom five, and they have been an absolute revelation, and that's Hawks. I'm I mean Tom Mitchell, Tom Mitchell, Sam Mitchell is coach of the year for me. Yes, already. The fact that he's gotten that team to, I think, four wins on the board, they're tied with poor, I believe, in wins. They are literally a sniff for finals. Yeah. Who would have thought this? They look to be a bottom two, three side at the absolute max. Yeah. No, Where did it come it, from? It's extremely impressive, and, and it shows um, that obviously Sam Mitchell has the locker room, um, yeah. which I don't know if Clarko did have outside of the fact that he towards was Clarko. Yeah. Uh, yeah, towards the end, exactly right. But he's just, everyone's fighting out there for him, and everyone's really. Really putting their like gritting their teeth and going into the contest really hard. And it's players who we don't really know about nor care about that are being the difference. Yeah. It's not your Gunsons, your Bruce, and your Tom Mitchells that are really succeeding here. I mean, Sicily's been amazing. Yeah. But it's these like it's these John Newcombs, it's these Dylan Moores, Mitch Lewis, Mitch Lewis that have just become genuine B plus players. Yeah. And they're winning games. Yeah. They, Without Dylan Moore, they lose that game. Jai Newcomb has been unbelievable this year. I wouldn't have expected it whatsoever. It seemed no. like he was just sort of that brute nice. in the midfield. Young kids, how he goes. Yeah. Yep. Like, not a good ball user. No. Not a good, like, high disposal getter. But he's really good at tackling and yeah. really good with that pressure around the, the stoppage. But he's been unbelievable this he's year. He's been phenomenal. He I've is, been so impressed by him. We've declared the Brout Rising Star four weeks ago on this podcast. And yeah. I'm ready to de-declare it and declare a new player. Yeah. He's Rising Star. Well, he's the only one out of the, all the Rising Star leaders that is actually putting anything towards his team winning. Nick so, Martin's team up winning. Yeah, exactly right. And neither or Dacos' team are winning, but he's not really directly affecting that. Yeah, that's the thing with Dacos. He's still putting up great numbers. He's a bit of voter fatigue already with Dacos. Yeah. He's still putting up sensational numbers. Probably still averaging 20-plus touches, yep. getting himself 70, 80 DT points most weeks. And he's not dropped off whatsoever. Probably voter fatigue, isn't it? But yeah. that is due to the fact that John Newcomb's literally putting up game-winning stats. But yeah, like you see this game on the weekend where he had 27, goal, uh, 27 points. Oh, touches. 27 touches <laughs> and a goal. Uh, and then even the Easter Monday game, we had 30-plus 30, 30 um, disposals there as well, which led to a team win, which was awesome. So they're just playing cohesively and playing as a team, and, and that's all that's really getting them across the line. There's no standout stars on that no. team. There's no one taking over the game and having 30 touches and three goals or no. six goals up forward. It's just a team effort, and it's pretty amazing to see. And I can confirm Tom Mitchell is back. He is back. He, is, he back. is back. And him in the guts only frees up Newcomb even more. So one last thing on Hawthorne. I can't believe we've spent more than 30 seconds talking about Hawthorne. They've been three of the top four this year. Yeah. Big wins. Came to Adelaide, beat Port comprehensively. Beat Geelong. Down they've got to be in half the top four. A Brisbane team that no one beats Brisbane. No. Doing and very well. They were the best team against the Demons all year as well. Yep. They came within 10 points of us. Probably easily could have lost that game. Uh, they were pretty amazing. Dylan Moore was like, really special on that day as well. So. They're really good, Hawks. I really like what we're doing. All right, last point. This is going to be a real quick one. Just Melbourne. The perfect weekend for Melbourne. That, beating North Melbourne, no shit. But it was a perfect weekend for him, wasn't it? Yeah, well, Frio, uh, last game of the round, ended up going and losing in a horrendous effort to Collingwood, who just played like the defensive game of their life. They did. Frio could not get through. Um, I think they scored maybe two goals in the last half, Frio. Um, they only ended up scoring five or six goals for the entire game anyway. It was a wet, muddy uh, affair at, at, at Optus Stadium. Um, and yeah, they've just been they've been unbelievable 
the demons that is um, this year, but it's more so that I feel like no one's anywhere near in contention. No um, one's that, that was the main reason we're speaking yeah. about. No one's challenging. Last year was always okay. Port can do it. Yeah. Bulldogs are very close. Yeah, Geelong can. Geelong do can it. do it. Right now, you look at the whole entire league, and you're you're, you're seeing Carlton and Fremantle in your top four. You're going like, huh? Yeah, it's it's strange that I I still think that. Brisbane are really, really close to us. Yeah, sorry, I just um, have to clean my then clearly, but I do think they're really close to us. But it, we are playing fantastic footy, uh, but still this year we haven't played a four quarter performance. No. We've lost at least one or two quarters in every single game we've played, even against um, North. We we got off to a terrible start against them. They got two goals up against us. We came back, put it out to like twenty five points or so. Then they came back within six points again. So. Yeah. Uh, we ended up winning quite comprehensively by uh, 47 points, I think it was, in the end. But we just can't play four quarters of footy at the moment. It's really letting us down, but still we're 10-0, so that's a perfect spot to be in. We said pre-season there's probably 12 teams that can make the finals this year. Yep. Now with looking at it, there is two teams that are top two, locked in, Brisbane yep. and Melbourne, that's locked in. And that it's that three through, to, you could almost go three to 14, yep. that's actually tight. Because that, that, there's not much difference between 3rd and 14th right now. No. But the top two are just so far away ahead, it's quite ridiculous, which we didn't expect. No, I didn't. I thought right. it was going to be a real tight top four. It's going to be two spots that 13 teams are fighting for now. Yep. Those two are done. Brisbane and Melbourne, it's locked in. Locked in, yeah. So, crazy, crazy. But let's move on to our hot wings. And this leads straight into it again. I'm going to... My hot wing straight off the bay is Fremantle to defeat the Demons. Fremantle lost two in a row. They're a better side than that. They're going to be hungry for a win. Now they come over. I think they can win this game with Nat Fife back in, or should be back in. Yep. I think he's been uh, rumored to be back in for four weeks now. But Fife back in, they are desperate for a win. Frio are playing good footy as well. If they lose three in a row, you can really put a line through them for, for top four. So this is a huge, huge performance, and this is a statement win for Fremantle, and I think they'll get it done. Yeah, I don't mind that at all. Obviously, uh, Frio, as you said, have just come off two really shocking wins. Shock, uh, lots of losses, um, yeah. Uh, sorry, shocking losses to Gold Coast of, of everyone yeah. and then uh, Collingwood in the wet out west a game you need to be winning if yeah. you're going to uh, want the top four spots in the league uh, and obviously we're just due for a win uh, you're oh, due, due for a loss, for a loss. Yeah. we're probably due for another win as well I reckon the way we're going <laughs> That's but, um, I think you've you got to lose eventually yeah. it's come, it's all, and it's usually these times when teams are dominating like that it's usually a loss you don't expect yeah, exactly it's never right. like oh yeah of course I'm going to lose that one no it's like oh how the hell did that happen like last year in round 10 when we lost to the Crom yeah like, it's no always that shock that. loss um, so yeah, I think it's a great call. I can't believe they're such outside favourites, yeah. outside uh, underdogs. Four dollars twenty-five. Still I think a top four side. Um, yes, yeah, it's, it's just crazy to think. But if they play like they have the last two, three, four weeks, eighty points. Yeah, there's no chance that they're getting anywhere near us. No. But we could always let it slip. And it's honestly, if we, if we let it slip for that one quarter, like we have been, and then they can capitalise on it, they could easily win the game. One hundred percent. It's just that one quarter that's going to be really important for us. But should be a good challenge. I'm keen to see it. Who's your hot wing, Dugger? So my hot wing, uh, I wanted to say it last week, but unfortunately I was away, so I couldn't get on the air to say that one. But it is Sydney to miss the finals. Yeah, like it. So uh, I actually made this bet with Wayne Wardale um, uh, <laughs> at the start of the season. Poor I Wayne. said I put two hundred dollars on it that Sydney would miss the um, the finals. <coughs> Sydney would miss the finals, and I also tried to double down on it by saying. Um, Carlton will make top four to that as well. So it would have been a nice little multi to make, actually. Sure, would have, could have. Um, but no, so Sydney, 
they've been d- trending downward um, they have. for the last few weeks, and, yep. and I just don't really have much faith in them. I think last year they really overperformed with the young talent that stepped up massively, and then the sort of veterans that were had a like rebirth almost yep. of their talent, um, and they finished sixth. So overperforming and finishing sixth doesn't really provide me with a lot of hope. No. Um, so. And it's also who they've got left. So they had a really, really easy run uh, coming into the start of the season. Uh, obviously, they've just gone and lost to um, Gold Coast a couple of weeks ago at the SCG. Yep. Um, and also, they lost to Carlton this week as well, quite emphatically. So next week, they've got Richmond, uh, which will be a really, really hard-fought game. Uh, and then they've got the Demons the week after that. They can very easily go 0-2 and two out of those. Yeah. I don't care that they're at, C- at the SCG to take on Richmond. They've proven it's not a fortress. Yeah, like as I said before, they've had nine losses in the last 21 games. Uh, and it's just going to continue that d- downward trend, I think, for I the for the next, um, what is it, how many games left in the season? 13 rounds. I think they're probably clear favourite in one game. Well, they go after the, after the bye, they come and play Port Adelaide at, at the Oval. Yeah, always hard. Always yeah. a hard game. We, they've proven it this year as well. As bad as Port have been, as soon as they're at the Adelaide Oval, it's going to be hard. Like They've got St Kilda twice uh, before the uh, season's end as well. St Kilda have been a really, really gritty team this year. Yeah. Uh, and then they've also got Essendon as well coming up at the MCG. And... Those Essendon Sydney games are always really close uh, encounters. So, yep. um, honestly, just do not think Sydney are going to get anywhere near it this year. I just don't think they're ready. I think their youth had that sort of burst uh, to their side last year, uh, and obviously they were riding off the coattails with the Buddy One Thousand for the first four or five weeks of this season. So, my hot wing is Sydney to miss the finals. I like it. Real quickly, who comes out the eight for them? They're in seventh right now. Bulldogs. Game clear. Bulldogs, Pies, Port. They're probably the top three teams to do it. Who comes out? Who comes? So who goes in? Bulldogs. Bulldogs go definitely in. Bulldogs. Yeah, Bulldogs will one hundred percent make the eight, and they'll be dangerous in the finals. Guarantee. I, I would be shocked if they're not. They're going to have Josh Bruce back. Yeah. Uh, they're going to have everyone back full strength, including Tim English, who was huge at the start of the season for yeah, them. We're forgetting about um, him. And I, I truly think they're going to be a really damaging team. In it. And I think they're probably the third best team in the league right now. There Still, you go. yeah, fair Bulldogs. enough. Bulldogs. When it comes to the finals, I'd say it's Melbourne, Brisbane, Bulldogs. Still. Wow. All right. Double hot wings in one there. There we go. Good episode. Like I said, not, not a great week of football, but no. still plenty of takeaways. Cullen, Saints, GWS, Hawks. Let's see how they all go. Yep. Love the Hawks chat. That was my favourite of the chat of all. Yeah, they've been a really surprise package this season. We, when we did our season predictions, they were one team that we... Didn't want to watch. Didn't even want to do. We were going to skip that one, yep. to be honest. That's how, how really unexcited we were yep. uh, by them. But they've been unbelievable this year under Sam Mitchell as a first-year head coach. And it's going to be really exciting to see what he can do for the rest of his career. I think it's going to be, oh, it yeah. could be an Alistair Clarkson-like career, be really um, which would be fantastic. He's always been touted as a great coach, even when he was a player. So we'll see what has in store for them over the next 10, 15 years. Beautiful. All right. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you. Make you sure it. to follow us on Instagram. Uh, we got podcast. Follow us on TikTok. Uh, we got podcast. Have a look at it on YouTube as well. Uh, we got podcast. And obviously listen to us on Spotify. Uh, we got podcast. Thank you very much. Good night. Reminiscing on the days I ain't know what was ahead What I gotta do to make sure the family fed